Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning. For seven more minutes. Welcome to church. How y'all doing today? Man, it is so good to see you. So good to see you. Would you just tell the person inside, just say, thanks for bringing me to church. <laughs> I don't know if I... <clears throat> uh, it, uh, we've had a good day. I believe we're going to have a good third service because we've had a good one and two, and I believe it just keeps getting better. <laughs> oh, man, so good to be in the presence of God. I love what God is doing, and uh, if you need to be encouraged today, let me tell you, God's doing things. Um, he is doing things. Uh, we, uh, I'll just tell you, the second service, we had a, uh, uh, someone sitting in the service who uh, uh, could not get on a transplant, had no, uh, no good news and nothing that was happening, and uh, it just so happened. How many know there's no just so happened? There's a God. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking across the, the room in all of our services, and I'm seeing families that a couple months ago or even years ago, walking through whatever they're walking through, and God has restored and renewed. I mean, he's just that kind of God. He is good. He's good. I'm, I'm looking at some of you, and you would say the same thing. You, you, uh, you, you, it's surprising you're in church on a Sunday right now. Come on. How, how many, come on. What, what, what are you doing here? You know I'm kidding. Let's be honest. This, how many be willing to admit this is not where you saw yourself being on a Sunday morning and you are here now and by God's grace? Man, yet I feel in my spirit the Lord saying this is just the beginning. I don't know, I feel like I'm going to prophesy today. I just feel, I feel the spirit of the Lord that um, you have not seen anything yet. That's not me. I feel the Lord saying to us, you have not seen anything yet. We are, we are reaping where others have sown. We are reaping where others have sown. And God didn't use their labor for us to just enjoy this moment. God used their labor that we can join our labor with their labor and that we would see a harvest of souls. And I've... I just, I just believe this in my spirit. This summer and through the summer months in Fayette County, churches are going to begin to grow like never before across this county. That people are going to get saved at a record number. That there's going to be an influx of people who have encountered the living God, not church, the living God. Not, not a building, not a, not a good gathering, not a good service. There are people who have encountered the presence of the living God. And the encounter of the living God is going to and is just this wildfire. When it's fire, you can't contain it. You don't even have to make it happen. It does. It is. And this move of God is not what we will make happen. It will be. And it is. That the Spirit of the Lord is, is doing this, and, and we desire it, we want it. He's looking for a people 
And uh, I believe that uh, that, is, that is where we are today. And um, man, I'm just excited for what's coming. There is a, uh, Pastor Tim and I, we, we, a couple years ago, we just, as we just sensed a, a move of God, just a, another level of what God is doing, the statement has been, this is it, but it's not all. This is it, but it's not all. There's more to come. And uh, there's more to come. Man, I'm so glad to see you here. I wish I could just go through and just greet you personally because I, some of you I know, I know your story and I know where you are. And it's, it's God's power and provision that you're here today. And uh, may the testimony of Jesus Christ never, never lessen. May we never promote anything more than what the goodness of God has done in our life. Because we did not get where we are by anything we have done, but only by the favor. I think we just need to take a couple seconds right now and give honor. Come on. Come on, let's worship the one. Oh, God. God, we don't deserve your grace and your goodness, but you are so good to us. Come on, we're going to get in the scripture. Why don't you just stand right now? Would you just continue that? God, we honor you. Father, we, we thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you for the living God. We thank you for your word that is living and active. We thank you, God, that it accomplishes your work. It will not return void. Thank you. God, thank you for the testimony in this house. We thank you, Father, that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so, God, right now, we release praise with our, with our voice, with our mouth, with our lungs, the breath that we have. We declare the testimony of our God that you are alive, that you are worthy, that, Lord, you reign over Fayette County, over our home over this place today. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14. I'm gonna read this, uh, this text and uh, we're in a series called Breakout and uh, we'll get to uh, all that, but let me just uh, read this text right now. It's somewhat familiar. Immediately after Jesus had fed the 5,000, um, that's what happened. They gathered, they were hungry. Jesus fed them. And uh, Jesus then says immediately after this, he said to his disciples, he insisted that they get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were, they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning or at the fourth watch, uh, some translations say at the fourth watch, Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. They were seeing things. But Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Or in other words, he says, I am. That's all he needs to say. God, we thank you that you are the I am. And God, I pray today that our eyes would see greater things. And Lord, I thank you for what we sense in the spirit, God, of just what you're doing. So Lord, do it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Greater things for your glory in Jesus' name. If you desire to see greater things, and that's your prayer today, God, open my eyes to see greater things in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that today, would you say amen? amen. And you may be seated this afternoon. Look at that. It's afternoon. All right. Um, I, um, let me just uh, mention, of course, before we... Uh, get into this this message here today. Um, thank you for being here. Connect cards are in front of you. Don't want to miss an opportunity to say this just because if you're new, and we hope you'll fill out a connect card, and we'd love to love to have a way to to just uh, connect with you. And so that can 
uh, allow us the easiest way just by email that we can send you updates of what's happening. But we'd also love if you'd take that card to the Next Steps area and uh, we can uh, put a face to a name, give you a gift, shake your hand, or we don't do that because that's not safe. But we, you know, just a friendly way of saying, uh, uh, welcome to church, we're glad you're here. So if you want a handshake, maybe, but if not, whatever, there's hand sanitizer. So we just want you to know you're safe. So I'm trying to cover all the bases now, let you know we're COVID friendly, safe. I don't know, whatever that is. Um, but uh, we're glad you're here today. Thanks for being a part of, of church. You'll also find an offering envelope and uh, you can um, fill that out to give in the offering stands as you go or online, the easiest way. And uh, this house has been so generous and uh, just thank you for your faithfulness so we can continue uh, this, uh, this work and uh, also uh, preparing and moving into the future. And while we do that, be able to uh, uh, support missions around the world. And so Wednesday night, we'll be giving an update. If you're available Wednesday night, it'll be our, we'll be uh, having a missions emphasis on Wednesday. We have a missionary going to be joining us. We'll be sharing about an upcoming missions trip that we have. And as well, uh, just uh, other things that we've, uh, initiatives that we've been a part of. So Come and celebrate with us Wednesday night, 6.30, at, uh, uh, here for our Wednesday night service. So um, we've uh, been in this series called Breakout, and the idea is recognizing that we serve a God who defies the norm. Uh, God is not confined, restrained, limited, or held in any way. Put him in a box, he'll get out. He already did it with the grave, so there's nothing you can put him in that he can't break from, and he can't do greater than you can even ask, think, or imagine. We serve a God who is able to break out and does the breakout. He defies the norm. We talked uh, last week about needing to look, look higher, look further, and, and look harder, uh, and just uh, seeing that even in the chaos, God is still moving. How many are thankful that God still works in the chaos? I want to look today, and just the title that I want to share from is simply this, you're seeing things. Why don't you look at your neighbor and just ask him today, are you seeing things? Because I am. <laughs> uh, hope you're seeing things. And, and uh, for the disciples, it was, it's a ghost. They saw Jesus walking on the water. They were seeing things. I grew up in central Pennsylvania, as you may know, and, uh, uh, but my roots are in western Pennsylvania. My dad uh, grew up in the Johnstown area, a town called Nanny Glow. What good thing can come out of Nanny Glow? Um, uh, Nanny Glow, of course, uh, where my dad grew up, high school years, his family moved to Central Pennsylvania, that's where, where I was born and raised, and I'm glad that I have Western PA roots, but I'm glad that we went to uh, Central PA because that's where I met my beautiful wife, and my life would not be the same without her in it, so I'm glad that we left for a little while, but then uh, I, uh, I brought my bride, and we brought, uh, well, we didn't bring our kids, they were, two of them were born here, uh, we came, and uh, we've been a part of, of Fayette County now, so um, my family is in central PA, but growing up, I didn't know a lot of my western PA family. There, we didn't know them much, uh, but I did get to meet Grandma Cruley. That was dad's maternal grandmother, and um, I got to know her, meet her just a few times. I probably only met her like three times, and um, uh, all I remember, we would go visit Grandma on occasion, and uh, Grandma would always have something there for us to eat, and uh, she would always serve us and then I would always run away from the dog because it was a chihuahua that was from hell. <laughs> I do remember that dog. Uh, but Grandma Cruelly, I only met her a few times, and um, I never got to hear, I never got to know her except through stories. Uh, right around the age of five, I guess, she passed away. And um, so this, uh, maybe a five-year-old now, we came back to the Johnstown area for a funeral, and this was my first experience as a, 
you know, as a kid, my first experience in a funeral home, first experience in a viewing and, and a wake and all this stuff that was happening, didn't know anybody, knew Grandma Cruley, and so, of course, we come, we pay our respects, and, and during that, the viewing time before the, the day of the funeral, and that, that day is long, and Dad's there, I don't know anybody, uh, he's got some cousins, obviously, as a five-year-old, I didn't even know all that, you know, whatever that was, and we met a few, I started getting comfortable, and I remember at one point there in the funeral home, I, I, I just went by myself kind of uh, uh, up to uh, where Grandma Cruley was laying. And uh, after, uh, of course, she, she's there. And, and I'm just in this moment getting a little comfortable with my surroundings. As I turn away from where she's, she's laying, there is a woman the same age as Grandma Cruley. She looks at me with a smile. My face was not a smile in return. My face was terror. I looked at her and concerned. She says to me, she says she was a great woman. I'm going to miss her. I tried to agree, but I am in a daze and scared, and I have no idea what to do. She then takes me by the hand. She walks me to the, to, to the casket, and she says, let's pray for her. Now, that I realized, you know, my family's background, Catholic, and so that wasn't so much the problem. It was I'm there with this woman, and I am scared because I have no idea what's going on. And the reason this five-year-old had no idea what was going on is because no one told him that Grandma Cruley had an identical twin sister. This kid was seeing things. I remember afterwards, I said to my dad, who is that? Oh, that's Grandma's twin sister. I wish I would have known because that's not what it looked like to me. I, dad at that point was saved when I was two years old, so we had about three years in the church, and I heard about the power of resurrection. I thought, I have no idea what's going on in this moment. I was seeing things. My, my, my prayer for us today is that God give us a perspective that we would see things. Are you seeing things? Because God wants you and I to have a dimension, to, to see in a greater dimension of what God is doing. God is moving, and God is working Things are not as they seem. God wants you and I, by faith, to see things at a greater dimension. There is a greater dimension that God wants us to see life in, that breaking out of the, out of the norm, out of the, the usual, to see what God is doing in the Spirit. Do you remember the first time when you were driving and you went to switch lanes only to realize there was a car in your blind spot? Do you remember that moment? For me, it was before they had the indicators on the mirror that told you something's in your blind spot. For me, the indicator was a loud horn coming from behind where somebody, Aah! the moment I heard the indicator, my heart jumped, I swerved back into the other lane. That had an effect on me. It caused me to have an awareness that I adjusted myself to the place that I no longer just looked out the mirror. I made sure the mirror had a proper angle and an adjustment because I needed to have a greater awareness of, what, of my surroundings, a greater awareness that when we come to places in life, we need a greater awareness so we can have more assurance in the process. There's a greater awareness to give us assurance in the process. Some of us are not, not sure. You're walking through storms. You're going through a place, I'm not sure. God, are you in this? God, are you gonna work in this? God, is this gonna happen? Is this gonna come about? We need a greater awareness of the presence of God so that we can have an assurance in the process of what God is doing. Because believe it or not, God is moving. Let me say it this way. See it or not, God is moving. And therefore we believe even in our spirit, even though we don't see it, we 
we have an awareness, and because of an awareness of his presence, we can find an assurance in the process. Is there anybody who has come to know the awareness of God's presence, and it's given you some assurance in some tough times, in some difficult places, in some tough waters, strong winds, difficult places that we might be in, that it allows us to have an awareness of what it is that God is doing in our midst. God wants you and I to have an awareness, and sometimes to have an awareness of his presence, to recognize what he's doing, sometimes we need to make some adjustments. Just like looking out the mirror, you can't just trust the blind spot or trust the mirror. You've gotta be able to adjust to make sure you have an awareness to give you an assurance as you move into the lane. There's a perspective that God is bringing us to some adjustments. The disciples are out on the water in a storm. This was God's adjustment for them. This was God's moment for them to see what they've never seen before. We have a thing that we say here at Faith Assembly. If you want to see God like you've never seen God before, then get ready to need God like you've never needed God before. And if we're honest, I'd rather see God without needing God. We want a miracle without needing a miracle. Is there anybody being willing to admit today? Yeah, I want to to see God without needing God. You can't. I want a miracle without having to have one. That doesn't work. It comes in these places that God will allow us to come to places that we get to see him like we've never seen him before. I want you to see how much God wants us to see greater things. I hope today you're seeing things. Not in the natural, not in in the fear and, and your own understanding, but in the spirit, that you're seeing God move. Listen how he introduces himself to the first disciples. These are the first disciples that he finds. These are the ones who come after him and he says, you know, what are you doing? They're saying, well... John, who we used to follow, John the Baptist said, you're the one, so we're leaving John and we're coming after you. What a man John the Baptist must have been to know that his job was not to have followers, but to point people to the one who they would follow. And so these disciples come along. You've got Andrew, who says to Peter, his brother, Simon Peter, hey, come check this out. Well, they grew up in the same town as a man named, by, named Philip, and so they're in the same Uh, town is Philip. They grew up as buddies. And Philip has a friend named Nathaniel. And Philip's like, hey, you got to come see. This is how Jesus introduces himself to the first disciples. In John chapter 1, verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. I saw you sitting under, I knew where you came from. How how many know today, God knows where you come from. God knows where you've been. God knows what you've walked through. God knows what situations have surrounded you. He, He said, Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the son of God? Do you believe this thing that you say? Which by the way, that is a strong statement. When you say that I'm the son of God, that I'm the Messiah, you're making a a strong declaration and a statement. And Jesus says to him, do you believe this just because I told you that I saw you sitting under the fig tree? Get this right now. Jesus is like, You believe that because I saw you under a fig tree when you know the only way I knew that was because I could see in the spirit that I saw not in the natural, but I saw in the spirit, right? And so that's why Philip is like, whoa, you must be the son of God because you saw me sitting under a fig tree. Listen what Jesus says in response. 
He says, is it because I told you, you I saw you sitting under a fig tree? You will see greater things than this. You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus's introduction to his disciples is you're going to see greater things. You're going to see heaven open. You're gonna see the, 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 the angels of God ascending and descending, making a stairway and access that you're going to see greater things. Look at your neighbor today and tell them you're going to see greater things. This is what God wants you and I to experience. Let me give you a picture now. This is Philip and Nathaniel. So we know the four that are there. It would be Andrew, would be Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. Philip later on while he's following Jesus says to Jesus, hey, would you just make this plain for us? Would you just show us the Father? Just show us the Father because they're going through things that are, we're trying to come along here and understand. And they say, show us the Father. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Believe me. If you believe in me, then you'll see the Father. And he makes this statement to Philip, the first one who was, under, who was in this situation when Jesus said, you're gonna see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending. He says to Philip, believe in me and you will do greater things than these. Believe in me. And Jesus says to his disciples, if you believe in me, you will do even greater things than what I'm doing. See, God has always designed for you and I to walk in a dimension of greater things. God wants us to experience him in a greater level. God wants us to experience him in more, that he wants us to know him in a greater way. This is it, but it's not all. There's more to come, that God is revealing himself in this process of hearing and seeing and experiencing, that God wants us to experience him and not just hear him. You see, there's a dimension of knowing God in a greater way. Let me try and illustrate it this way. You can hear the message of the gospel and you can gather because you hear something and you like what you hear. But how many know the Bible says not to be hearers of the word only? That we're not just supposed to be hearers. There comes a place now that we see and begin to have an encounter and it begins to transform. We begin to eat of the Lord. We begin to receive from God. But remember, he says, man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I can experience God in this, that, wow, I heard the word, it brought light, and I received from God, now my life is turned around. But now it's not just the hearing and the seeing, God wants me to walk in the empowerment of his spirit. Now it's not just something I hear, something I see, but these become access points that get into my heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it's more than just hearing. We've got to be doers of the word. And as doers of the word, we have to receive the work of God. Now it becomes part of us and it becomes inside of us that we're not just hearers, not just seers, but now we're empowered and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That now it's not what's around us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now we live in a place that though we live in areas that we ought to be a certain way, God enables us to defy the norm. Let me give you an example. You've walked through tragedy, you've walked through pain. It would make sense for you to be depressed. It would make sense for you to be hopeless. It would make sense for you to be in despair. But because you're in Christ, you defy the norm. You were beat down, abused, and neglected in your youth. And so now it makes sense that you're insecure, that you don't know your identity, and you have a sense of not even being able to have healthy relationships. 
but you know who you are in Christ, and he's made you a new person, so now you defy the norm. Are you following me? Because when we have what we want to hear, if we're not careful, if all we do is hear, then we'll just hear what our itching ears want to hear. So it's got to become not just what we hear, but now it's what we see and what we engage in. And not just enough to see, because if it's just what we see, then we just follow him for the bread. You see, they, they reached a point, Jesus like, you all follow me. Why are you following me? And he says, basically, you're following me because you, know you, you know that I'm able to give bread. And so you're just coming for the bread. You're just coming for the goods. And Jesus is saying to him that it's not enough just for you to, to hear and to receive, but now there needs to be an empowerment that God wants you and I to walk in the same power that Jesus has. Does that make sense? God wants you and I to walk in the same power, the same authority, and the same victory that Jesus has. Here's the picture of it. There's a storm, or there's waves that are crashing below you, and there's strong wind that's ahead of you. But the power of God inside of you allows you to keep on walking, even though you're walking on water and you're standing in the midst of a storm. The same power that raised Christ from the dead gives you the ability to defy the norm. And now you're not walking the way the world says you ought to walk. You're walking in a power and authority that only comes from Jesus Christ. Come on, does that make sense to anybody this morning? You see, I'm supposed to be according to my past. And let me just make this statement. Uh, we've got to be careful. You know, in one generation, we, we neglect. And then in another generation or in some generations, we overdo it. Uh, here's a case in point. Um, case in point is um, my, the World War, World War II generation said, I want my kids to have it better than I had it. Okay, that's good. But then if that goes too far to the other side... Now we want our kids to have it so good that they think they don't have to work for anything. <laughs> Are you following me? I'm not pointing anybody out. I'm just making a statement that, you know, my, my great or my grandmother, uh, she said, you know, I want, wanted my son to not, uh, to have it better than I had it. Okay, that's good. Have it better than I have it. But then it crosses the line. It's like, wait, that's not, you, you went too far. The same would be in when we do therapy and, and we have Christian counseling. Now, early in the church, for me growing up, there are people like, we don't need counselors. We just need the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, Jesus says wise counsel is in there. And yes, the Holy Spirit is the great counselor. There's room for having counseling. There's value to it. Biblical, spiritual counseling. It's good to have people to talk to. There's a generation that didn't talk about anything. Okay? There's a generation of just, you know, grin and bear it, suck it up. Just get over it. All right, so that would have been, in my family, that would have been my mom's generation. It was like, okay, whatever you went through, just deal with it and just wake up and keep on going. And so we never talked about it. So it became unhealthy. So it was like, well, we need to talk about this. We, we need to address some things. But then be, being careful, we don't go so far because then so far is we need to understand where we're coming from. Okay, that's great. But if we don't cross, if we cross too far, now it goes from understanding to excusing. Now we don't just understand what we're overcoming. Now we've created an excuse and the excuse is what my identity is and I remain in the place I've always been because I so much understand my background that now that became my excuse. Am I making sense? But it's not meant to be my excuse. It's meant to give me understanding so that I can know what God has enabled me to overcome, that he's made it possible, that we can defy the norms. And there, there, there's in this room many people who are defying the norms because of, of in my life, things that, that, that I grew up around. Man, the more I got to know my family's history, it is a miracle that my mom even survived to have me. 
My mom, my mom got pregnant with me when she was 18 years old, actually 17, going on 18, and uh, in a difficult situation, trying to find love because grandpa never showed love. Grandpa was abusive. Grandpa was suicidal. Grandpa was a mess. And mom did whatever she could to run for safety and ran to a man who, by God's grace, a couple years later became her husband. But the grace of God in all of this, mom never talked about that stuff. And my point is, the miracle of what God did to see whatever we walk through, there's a God that we can call those things what they are. But even though it's not what we need it to be in Christ, we are made new. And now I look, and I'm telling you, we are a, we, my family is a testimony of the goodness and the grace of God. And I don't think I'm the only one in the room. Is there anyone else in the room that says it's a testimony of God's provision, of God's goodness, of God's grace? The God of the turnaround who, who, who takes things. And, and here's how that came. It was hearing the word. My dad heard the word. Then my dad experienced and saw or, or, or saw the things of God. But then it became a part of him. And it became lived out. And he walked in the place of living his life out in power and provision. That his life became altogether new. I watched that happen. And as watching that happen, I watched it go from hearing to experiencing that God wants you and I to experience. And, and the, the picture of Jesus walking on water is the world that we're in looks like we ought to drown because of the water and it looks like we ought to fall over because of the wind. But because of Christ in us, we're walking on the very thing that ought to drown us and we're standing strong in the very thing that ought to take us out. That is the power of God. How many believe he still causes people to walk in a way that is not of this world, but the power of God. Second Corinthians, here's the new dimension, seeing greater things. Second Corinthians chapter three. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, has anyone, anybody relate to that? Somebody, anybody here ever turned to the Lord? Yeah, <laughs> not a trick question. Listen what happens when we turn to the Lord. But anyone, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. This freedom is now the ability to see God clearly. Now I don't have to see what I see in the natural. I can see clearly because the veil has been taken away. Now I can see God in his power and I can anticipate his working that I can trust him. It says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect. Did you get that? See and reflect. You see, you're hearing, but God help us to see and in seeing, God help us to now reflect the glory of God, even in the world of disorder and dysfunction. In a world that says, I ought to be depressed, now because of Christ, I know who I am in Christ, I know what God has made, and now I can reflect the glory of God upon depression. I can reflect the glory of God upon pornography, upon the things that should, should overcome and overtake. I can, when I say reflect the glory of God, meaning those things don't overwhelm and overtake. My background, my story, I should be another generation, alcoholic, womanizer, in a place of hopelessness, trying to find my identity. But I know who I am in Jesus Christ, and because of who I am in Jesus Christ, I'm of a sober mind, I'm faithful, and I'm walking in the promises of God and the provision of God because God has enabled me to reflect his glory upon the very thing that tried to rob my identity in Christ. 
Now I can reflect the glory of God, that we can reflect the glory of who he is and this glory, uh, this and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious promise, his hope, that we become in this place of being changed to go from hearing to seeing to now walking in it. Jesus, of course, would talk of the the kingdom of heaven in parables. He would show miracles. But there's this place that God wants you and I to live it out. So let let me just back to the disciples on the water. Before they're on the water, before they're in the, the boat with the heavy waves or the strong waves and the heavy wind, before they got in the boat, they were on a hillside with Jesus eating bread and fish that was multiplied and fed 5,000, not counting the women and children. This is where they were. So a lot of people had gathered around Jesus because Jesus is teaching and the whole community comes out to see, well, community, it's more than just the community. I mean, Thousands of people are coming to hear Jesus. Why? Because they loved his words. Not only did they hear his words, now their needs started being met. They're hungry. Jesus said, you feed them. So they found a boy with some bread and some fish. Jesus multiplied it. And now they're eating the provision of what Jesus gave. Now, I want you to see the perspective here of the disciples that they're with Jesus. They hear his words on the mountains, on the hillside. They eat the bread that he multiplies. And now they're in the boat. Listen to what Mark said. Mark, this is Mark's um, account of Jesus walking on the water. Mark chapter 6, verse 49. But when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Jesus climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. And they were totally amazed. Listen to verse 52 for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. They still didn't understand the significance. What was the significance of the miracle with the loaves? The significance is this, and of course it says that their hearts weren't ready to receive it. They didn't understand. And some of us, if we're gonna go to a a new dimension, there needs to be some adjustments, and they didn't understand. And here's why I wonder if they didn't understand. Because these disciples were the first ones to follow Jesus. Remember, the first four, Andrew, Peter, Nathaniel, and Philip, and then Nathaniel, they come to meet Jesus. They're the first four. So before there were hundreds, they were the first. And now they're the ones that Jesus calls by name. Jesus says, come follow me. Jesus invites them in. The, the crowds gather around. They're a part of Jesus's crew. The crowds are hungry. Jesus says, you feed them. They say, we can't do that. Jesus says, what do you have? Now Jesus multiplies the very thing that they bring. And now these same disciples who Jesus called, who Jesus said, come follow me, are now carrying the baskets and serving the crowds of thousands. They're holding the baskets and the baskets are now multiplied in front of them. How many know they are a part of a miracle happening in this moment? I mean, they, the ones Jesus called, the one Jesus used, they're carrying the baskets. And how many know that when you've heard his words and you've seen him do great things, the last thing you expect is to be on a sea in the middle of a storm? Because here's what we think. I've been a part of Jesus' ministry. I held the baskets that multiplied, and I got to see God do great things. And because I saw God do great things, I should never have problems in my life. Come on, are we being honest? 
The kind of faith we have is, God, I've been so good. God, I've been trusting you. God, and how did they even get out on the water? If we're being honest, they couldn't say, and then Satan brought a storm. No, how did they get there? We did what Jesus told us to do. God will sometimes adjust you in places so you can see greater things. And sometimes going through a storm is just the place God will put you so you can see him do something greater. Because you think, and here's what we do. This is what we do in the faith. God, if this was really you, it'd be easy. So I quit. Or we lay the dream aside. Or we think it's not going to happen because it's easy. Listen, God's not going to do something in your life that's easy because if it's easy, then you don't really need him. And if you don't need him, then it's not God. It's you. It's your own working. And so we might be at a place today and like saying, God, why, why would you let this happen? God, this storm. God is adjusting you so you can see your blind spot like you've never seen before so that you can become more aware and in your awareness of his presence, you'll have more assurance in the process. The power of God is not to not have problems. The power of God is to remain standing even when problems come. The presence of God is not to keep you from turmoil. The presence of God is the awareness to give you strength to stand in the midst of the process. When Jesus walked on the water, it wasn't just a, whoa, look what I can do. Cool party trick. It wasn't Jesus just trying to, trying, to, trying to just show this miracle. It was Jesus saying to them, hey, whatever your storm, whatever's below you, whatever's above you, that you can walk in confidence and know that the storm doesn't have to over, overtake you. It won't drown you. You'll walk through the waters, but it will not overtake you. You'll go through the fire, but it will not consume you. I am, I am, I am. I'm in the midst of whatever you're walking through. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't get caught up in the, in the fear. Don't allow yourself to be overdone. I am here. So if you're gonna see God, is there anyone in the room who says, God, I wanna, I wanna see you in a greater dimension in my world. I wanna see you in a greater dimension. Let me give you a couple things. Here's number one. It's not gonna be convenient. Obedience is not convenience. Obeying God. How did they even get in the, in the, in the storm in the first place? Because they did what Jesus said to do. Get in the boat, go to the other side. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes God's leading you in places like, God, I thought you were in this. I am. God, I thought you told me to go this direction. I did. God, I thought you were. I am. It's not going to be convenient. Number two, it's not going to be on your time. Notice Jesus came at 3 a.m., which some translation says the fourth watch of the night. And the reason there's four watches is because in their culture, they would, they would protect before they had ADT and before they had people to call because burglars broke in. They had watchmen who would stand watch and they had shifts. And they would take the first watch starting about nine o'clock and then the second watch, the third watch, and then the fourth watch would begin at 3 a.m. and go to about 6 a.m. when the sun would come up. It's now in the middle of the night, nine o'clock, the darkness comes on the ground and it's common for this storm to kick up in this place. Can I just say to you today, your storm you're walking through is common, but your God is uncommon. If you, if you look at the Sea of Galilee, and I even got to, 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 to ride a, a boat across the Sea of Galilee and I don't know, but I was like, that's where Jesus walked on water. So I touched it, but I don't even know if that was. But I was on the water and the, the guy said to us, he said, it is common that storms will come through here, 
And he said, so even when you're on the boat at nighttime, more times than not, you're going to hit a storm. I feel the Lord saying to someone, quit thinking the storm is uncommon. The storm is common. In this life, you will have trouble. Take heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Your storm is common. You've never felt it. You've never walked it. But you're not the only person. You're not alone. You're not the only one to walk through that storm. You're not the only one to go through that thing. Your storm is not common, but your God, he's very uncommon. Jesus shows up at the fourth watch. Don't you wish he would have showed up at the first, the second, the third, or the fourth? What is it about Jesus waiting till the fourth one? You know when it feels like there's no hope? Hold on. Stand firm. Because here's the God. He shows up with Mary and Martha when Lazarus is dead. And Jesus says, roll away the stone. And Martha says, oh no, Lord. It's been four days. Maybe if you'd have been here three days. You know, obviously it would have been good if you would have showed up the first day, the second day, really good. But the third day, maybe. But the fourth day, uh uh-uh. Don't ever tell God he can't move in a place that feels like it's too late. Because God knows how to move at just the right time. God knows how to work at just the right time. It's not going to be on your timetable. Can I tell you the third thing? It's not going to be the way you expect it. It's not going to be like you expect. I mean, obviously they weren't expecting this. It's a ghost. That's not what they expected. They were seeing things. But oh, that we would see things. Oh, that we would see greater things. It's not going to be the way you expect it. And can I just say to you, it probably means, and here's my faith, here's what I've learned to see greater things. And I, can I tell you, I had a great test. And the great test was this, when we were planning for the building, we thought by now we'd be announcing when we're going to break ground. A couple of us were on a call together, Pastor Tim and, and Andrew, and we we're on the call waiting for this budget, waiting to, they're going to put us the timetable, we're going we're gonna to break ground at this time, we're going to move forward. And they called and they said, nope, the budget isn't what we thought it would be. And I sat there in my office, and i got to be honest with you. It was just seconds, and in my heart, I was kind of like, oh, no. But then just like that, I saw in the Spirit. And I, I gotta, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you what I know. And my heart began to, like, swell up. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bigger and better because I thought it was this. My expectation was this, but you don't do my expectation. You do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. You're a God that's greater than my expectation. And so when we learn to see greater things, we don't see life as, oh, it never goes my way. Anybody in the room ever do that? Don't raise your hand, please. I knew it was too good to be true. I knew it never goes the way I want. I never, never. What if your God is saying, no, I don't want you to settle there. I got something better for you. What if your God is saying, no, that's less than. I got more. I'm the God of greater. I'm the, what if you could learn in the spirit to not say, I knew it and everything. Oh, nah, 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 nah. What if we could learn to say in the spirit, man, I'm so glad this waves, these waves are coming. This storm is strong, but I'm so glad that I am is with me because I am is going to cause something more than I could ever imagine because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The atmosphere begins to change when you begin to see things in a greater way. This breakout for some of us is learning to see things in a greater way. 
Okay, the report didn't come in the way you wanted, but God's not done. Okay, it's not the way you thought, but God's still working. And even if it goes to the grave, your God still has resurrection power. Your God is not hindered by anything. There's no finality. The only finality is this, when he said it is finished and he has accomplished what needs to be done. And so I want to encourage us today, whatever storm you're walking through, you've got the waters raging above or below you. You've got the wind above you. And it feels like you could drown, feels like you get blown, tossed around, but you stand in the confidence of who you are in Christ. Notice the Bible says in Mark that Jesus planned to pass them by. Jesus wasn't even gonna stop and get in the boat. He was just illustrating to them, hey guys, it's a storm, keep going. It's a storm because it won't last. This is just for a moment, keep on going. Don't stop, don't get overwhelmed. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say this is the way it's always gonna be. Don't let yourself, let your dreams be dashed. Keep believing the one who said, because it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit alone that'll be accomplished. So I wanna say today, God, we believe that you're still doing something no matter what the report came out. And God, we're gonna see greater things. Anybody believe that today? I'm going to see greater things. God, give me, give me dimension. Give me ability. And I'm going to believe. I'm going to see greater things.